Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movius Ministries podcast. This is your friend Josiah. I just got done recording like seven minutes, and I had my phone on Do Not Disturb, and I got a call from someone. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so I'm re-recording this, but that's okay. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. We're going to continue our study in the book of Matthew. Um, this is going to be uh, just super enlightening. Um so now I have to like, okay, how do I, oh my gosh, sorry, my mentally I'm like in a fog now. <laughs> um, well, this is season 27, episode 257, and here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to, number one, interpret scripture, number two, grow your intimacy with the Lord, number three, encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons, and last but not least, to be, to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're new to have been, or have been listening sometime uh, here on my podcast, I'm so glad you're, that you're here. Over three years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me. And my number one prayer is that God's will is done in your life. And that you would seek it and that the Lord would give you assurance if you're doing it. If you have any questions or comments about today's sermon, you can email me at josiahmobius12 at yahoo.com and I would love to um, help. Uh, I would love to answer any questions you guys have, whether it's about today's episode or a previous episode that you listened to recently or anything that you just want to talk about. Discipleship is really my heart and I love to help people with anything they need help with um, in, the, in the best way that I can possible. You know, I'm only human, but... Um, okay. Let's get in the verse of the day. It's going to be Psalm 84, verse 3. And here's what it says out of the Amplified. The bird has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. So it seems that the writer is signifying a place where a bird has been able to find rest. And how... It is a good thing that has happened, right? And so how can we, you know, flip this around and go, how do we, how can I say that with me? And I just got done reading the book of Hebrews and the Lord's been telling me from month to month of the next book I'm, I'm to read in the Bible. And um, I read like, it's just been like, like bouncing all over the place in the Bible. And Hebrews talks so much about having having your identity and your true faith to be found in Christ and to not forsake what God has presented to you by the gospel and to keep putting your confident hope in Christ. And um, I think we can look at this verse that way. that the birds have found a house and the house that we rest in is Christ, that we get to come into the presence of God through Christ with full assurance of faith, um, cleansed from an evil conscience like Hebrews talks about. And we get to have confidence in Christ because of what he did for us. Um, so I have a crazy story to tell you guys. This happened to me on Friday, which was uh, 
I believe that was the 16th. Let me let me look here real quick. Uh, yeah, the 16th. So I was at a coffee shop and I was discipling a buddy of mine. His name is Trey and uh, uh, he's a great guy. I love him to death and I'm just really helping him in his walk with Christ right now. And so I walk him to his car and I, I said, you know, I want to pray for you. And so I prayed for him and I could tell that there were two people as our eyes were closed kind of walked past us. We had been standing next to Trey's car, but there was a car right in front of us as well in the parking lot. And I could tell that they got out of the car as we're praying and they kind of had to squeeze past us. So that was like mentally a little bit awkward in that moment, but whatever. I'll explain why I'm saying that in a second, Lord willing. And I say bye to Trey. I go back in the coffee shop. I switch tables and I pull out my MacBook and my Bible. And I believe one of the girls that walked by Trey and I, she walks up to me. And she goes, hey, I know this is super random, <laughs> but I saw you had your Bible out and uh, my sister's single and she she's really religious too. Here's her number. You should text her. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so anyway, I've been texting her. Her name is Bella and we just started talking, but we have so much in common and she loves God and oh my gosh. Anyway, it's just... We've been talking on the phone. We, we, we have, um, I was texting Bella and I was like, I, I can't think of anything better than to do a blind date. And she was like, I'm totally, t- that's, let's do it. And I was like, really? I felt like I was coming on too strong. But anyway, yeah, we have a blind date on Saturday, Lord willing. Super excited. We've talked on the phone um, a couple times throughout the week here. Um, we talked on, uh, we talked on Son of a Gun. I should probably remember this, but we've talked on the phone twice for over a couple hours and it's, it's pretty cool. So we'll see what God does, but it was just so crazy. Like, oh my gosh. So, all right. Um, I did not realize when I started to work on this, on this, on this pod that I was studying out of the NIV. Uh, I have nothing against the NIV. Let me, let me, let me make that clear. But once I came back to the, to the page, um, when I was copying and pasting verses to my notes, I had realized, I had realized this and decided I was too lazy to fix it. So today, beloved, we're going to be reading out of the NIV. And then next week, Lord willing, we'll be getting back into the Amplified Bible, which you guys know is one of my favorite translations. Um, and there's all those arguments on like KJV only. And if you don't read KJV, then you're going to hell. Like, you know, that crazy stuff. That's, oh my gosh. Um, when no scholar would ever agree with that. Actually, scholars say the ESV, the English Standard Version, and the New American Standard Bible, NASB, are the most accurate translations. So Now, KJV is good too, but scholars don't say it's the most accurate. So Um, Today, we will also be getting into a lot of David Guzik commentary. You guys hear me look at his stuff, and recently uh, there's been a lot of juicy stuff that I've come across. Um, But I'm reading... Genesis now and oh my gosh, I I'll tell you what, I, I think the Old Testament's really my favorite just because I I learned so much about how God deals with people differently. Um not lot I I shouldn't have said differently. It's really intriguing to see how God you know works with people in the Old Testament. And it's it can be really insightful to see that in life today 
How does how does that play out in today's world? Not that God changes, that's not true, but rather seeing the same thing play out is just it's super interesting. So let's open a prayer and then we'll start our study on Matthew chapter two. Father, thank you for another episode that you've given me to uh, preach your word and feed your sheep. Um, I do just earnestly pray for those who listen to this episode that are not saved and that you would save them by your grace, Lord, that you would reveal the beauty of your son and that we would continuously marvel at him. Just pray for anyone dealing with any confusion, Lord. Any mental health issues that they're dealing with, Father, I just pray for wisdom. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would be their counselor and their instructor and their comforter. That you would show them all truth, just as the Son, Jesus Christ, said. I pray for living understanding through today's uh, study. And uh, Lord, I even though I have notes prepared, I just pray you'd still anoint my lips. Um, and I just pray even any notes that I don't have written down, you would still speak things to people listening that would give them any kind of rebuke or encouragement that they need to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, uh, it's so weird. I thought I I thought I had in my notes here some, some uh, overview of what we read last week in chapter one, but it doesn't look like it. So, just to, let, let's just do that real quick. Oh, I'm going to go off note for that because I just, I think it's really important to, to do this. Um, so, yeah, last week we read about... Um, the genealogy of Jesus that was recorded in verses 1 through 17 and then verses 18 through 25 is about the conception of Jesus. Um, and then uh, you read about the prophecy of Isaiah saying uh, the virgin shall uh, be with um, shall be with child and give birth to a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That's uh, Isaiah 7:14, And then... Um, Joseph awoke from his uh, from his sleep when he had a dream from an angel of the Lord. Um, and then verse 25, at the end of chapter 1, what we read last week, says, But he, meaning Joseph, kept her a virgin, meaning Mary, of course, until she had given birth to a son, her firstborn child, and he named him Jesus, the Lord is salvation. So with that said, let's dive into verse 1 of chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, during the time of King Herod, uh, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So, I've heard many people debate whether wise men were in the Bible or not. And this verse that we see here in verse 1 where it says, Um, Magi from the east. This word Magi is trans, is is trans uh, is a uh, traditionally uh, called wise men. 
And then David Guzik, he's going to talk on the point where you read in verse 1, I believe, wise men from the east came. These travelers are called wise men, which in ancient, which, which, um, in the ancient Greek is magoi, uh, misconceptions and legends about uh, these wise men. They were not kings, but they were wise men. There were not only three, but probably a great company. Uh, they seem to have... Uh, sorry guys, I'm having a hard time reading today, but... They seem to have come not on the birth night, but probably several months later. Now, this is... I read this and I thought that... How did you get to that conclusion? So it's it's interesting, but just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I tried to look into it and couldn't really find anything, but to continue with Guzik, the next um, one to the next two things, the next two statements are still from Guzik. In later centuries, down down to New Testament times, the term magoi, uh, the word that we that I just elaborated on just a second ago. Uh, loosely covered a wide variety of men interested in dreams, astrology, magic, uh, books uh, thought to contain mysterious references to the future, and the like. It's really interesting because um, there's so much of that new age that's kind of going around for a while now, and you know I would strongly stay to tell people to stay away from it. But then you know you might say to yourself, well we see we see people who practice these things coming to Christ. But if we go back to this note that we just looked at, it says that they contained books to contain mysterious references to the future. So maybe they knew about the prophecy of Christ. And obviously I think they did based off the verses that we just read. So it's it's uh there, there needs to be a balance that we have right there if that makes sense. Proverbs eleven one says that a false scale is incredibly offensive to the Lord. David quotes. David's going to take a note from where it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Matthew actually tells us a little bit more. Or sorry guys, I just for some reason I can't read today. Matthew actually tells us little about the birth of Jesus. Luke 2 records these uh, these familiar details. What Matthew tells us regards something that happened. Sorry, what Matthew tells us regards something that happened after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Verse 3, we're going to get into some Greek a little bit uh, in today's episode as well, Lord willing. Verse 3, when, he- when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Remember that word, disturbed. We're going to come back to that, Lord willing. And all Jerusalem with him. So not only King Herod was disturbed, but all of Jerusalem as well. When he had called together, verse 4, when he had called together all the people, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. So going back to this word uh, disturbed, I want to I look at it. Uh, I, w- I wanted to look at it when I prepared this episode at a Starbucks on Baldwin Road. Um, and this, this was actually, I prepared this on Friday, the day that, um, Bella's sister came up to me. So, <laughs> but it's really interesting. It's the Greek, um, taurasso, taurasso. Now it's being used as a verb, which is really interesting. T- so it's essentially saying King Herod was disturbed as a action. And I like, okay, I'm going to go off note real quick. The reason why I think it's being used as a verb is because you see in verse four where he makes an action where he says, 
He says he called together the, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. So there's an action that's being, do, do you see that? I hope you kind of see what I'm seeing there. But here's, here's some of the definitions. To agitate, trouble, to cause one inward commotion. Um, take away his calmness of mind. And then also to strike one's spirit with fear and dread. Think about that. Wow. When those people like Herod and they have so much power and there's something that they feel threatened by, it is nothing but pride that's going to get in the way. David Guzik says, uh, the, the, he's going to quote the part where it, the, the, what, we just, what we just got done talking about. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled. Herod was constantly on guard against threats to his rule, especially from his own family. He assassinated many family members whom he suspected of disloyalty. His being troubled is completely in character. Think about that, beloved. That is, oh my gosh. Verse 5, um, so... In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, the, you know, the chief priests and, and the teachers, they're replying to, to King Herod, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by, and, and are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So verse 6, as the chief priests and teachers of the law respond to Herod's question of where Jesus was, this is going back, uh, quoting, um, they're, they're quoting the prophet Micah, one of the minor prophets. A minor prophet was one you would consider as a prophet having a smaller book in the Bible. Or um, you could also consider it a prophet who had um, a small, um, lengthy uh, prophetic, um, timetable, if that makes sense, compared to as like Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel, who have larger books in the Bible, or, um, had more influence on, uh, God's people, the Israelites, um, you'll hear people call them major prophets. And so Guzik says, going back on verse four, uh, verse four, all the chief priests and the scribes, this was the first contact the, the religious leaders had with Jesus. They understood the biblical information correctly, but failed in application to their lives. Think about that. They understood the biblical information correctly. They knew about a prophet who talked about the coming Christ, but they failed in application to their lives. And like, okay, you know what? Think about this. They haven't even, the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they haven't even seen him yet. They just, they just know, oh, he's here. Like, okay, the prophecy is coming true. And they knew in their hearts, like, he's the Christ. But then when he came into their lives and they start seeing the things he's doing, they go, uh, I don't know. Think about that. It's like itching ears right they only want they, they only they want to keep their man-made traditions and they don't want to accept, accept the one who can save them from hell because God loves them 
Verse 7, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And the star here is um, the Magi, uh, the star here is the same star that the Magi's uh, said earlier, if you remember. Verse 8, He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Now, these next set of verses are going to prove the definitions we looked at earlier of Herod being disturbed to be true. I'm going to say that one more time. These next set of verses are going to prove the definitions we looked at earlier of Herod being disturbed to be true. And it's going to also show us the acts of manipulation and control, which is so sinful, to be seen in Herod's words and actions. Verse 9, After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So essentially, they're just saying they're, they're following the star that... Um, I believe that I believe that is a uh, part of one of the prophecies in, in the Old Testament, and this is how they were able to find the what do you call it? Uh, Jesus, the the Magi, the wise men. Verse ten: When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Think about that. You know what? I'm just gonna like for verse ten right there. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Have you ever gotten a confirmation from God for a word that you got and you you get overjoyed? Because that's what's going on here. They're seeing something that they knew about previously. That they knew was going to happen. Have you had that, beloved? I have. Many of you guys have heard me about those stories. Verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Think about that, just right there. Not that I'm diminishing Christ, but they were worshiping a child. Think about that. That's just, wow. You know what, I think it's so crazy to even think how Jesus didn't sin as a child, even as a baby like that. Think about, oh my gosh, the glory in that. Wow. Then they, meaning the Magi, opened their treasures and presented Jesus with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see clearly in verse 12, the wise men had a dream from God saying, Do not go back. Why? Because Herod was trying to manipulate the situation to continue his agenda at heart. <clears throat> his agenda. He wanted what he wanted. It was all about him. What we call today is narcissism, right? David Guzik quotes on the on the part in the verse where it says being divinely warmed in dream in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed for their own country another way their worship meaning the magi is also manifested in obedience their obedience to the heavenly dream and leave without serving as Herod's informants another interesting guzik quote uh 
Uh, sorry, another interesting Guzik note, quoting the famous Charles Spurgeon, as Spurgeon speaks on verse 11, Mark that the wise men never promised to return to Herod. They never did. When Herod tells them to, hey, come back, or, or do this, you know, when he told them to, to obey his command, they didn't agree to it. They probably guessed that all this eager zeal was not quite so sure as it seemed to be. Hmm. And their silence did not mean consent. I love that. I could not agree more. So verse 13, the new title here is uh, the, the Escape to Egypt. When they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. This prophecy coming to pass in verse 15 that we just read is found in Hosea 11.1. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its uh, Vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Verse 17, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Verse 18, a voice I heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. It's heartbreaking. Verse 19, there's a new title here, and it's titled, The Return to Nazareth. Nazareth. After Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. I mean, we can clearly see, like, this is, this is what we see in the Bible, beloved. Old and New Testament. God said he's going to do something, and you see it happen exactly the way he said he was going to do it. There's a verse I recently uh, came across. Let me see if I can... Um, I wrote it down in my notes the other day. Numbers 23.19. And it essentially says, Is God a man who is known to lie? No. When he gives a promise, he's going to fulfill it. And many of you guys have heard me about over my life journey that God's given me promises in certain seasons of him going to do something. And um, I, I just came across that verse in Numbers like last the last few days, I think. And I'm like, you know what? I said, I said in my heart, whenever you give me a promise, God, that's the verse I'm going to quote to myself. Or you can have this, you, you don't have to say that, or you could you could do what Mary did. When Mary's told that she's going to give birth to Jesus, she goes, essentially as a paraphrase, as the Lord has said it, may it be done. And then she says, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. You could say it that way too and trust him. Verse 21, so he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Verse 22, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, 
he was afraid to go there. Think about that. You want to talk about the fear of man? There it is right there. Verse 20, verse 22. But when he, meaning Joseph, had heard that Archelaus, if I'm pronouncing that right, was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, because remember, Herod just died, right? He was afraid to go there. There's the fear of man. And maybe it's a normal thing. Maybe it's not a sinful thing. Maybe it is. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene, meaning Joseph. But beloved, I want to encourage you with something. you to really try to listen to this okay so far as we close chapter two here we see joseph respond to last week's study in verse 24 in obedience when he is not to be worried about mary having a child he is told do not worry i see your heart your heart's in the right place your heart is a position that pleases god we see in today's study in verse 12 to keep Jesus away from Herod, and Joseph was obedient to it, right? I don't see any verses here where Joseph is disobedient. Um, I'm trying to go find, find where I was in my notes. Then verse 13, Joseph in a dream was told to take Jesus away from Egypt because Herod was looking to kill Jesus. So Joseph was obedient to that as well. Then in verse... um. I was then in then in verse 19 Joseph is told that those who were after Jesus are dead what G, what what God said to him came to pass shocker God is not a sinner God cannot lie even if God wanted to he couldn't do that he can't this is the beauty of the righteousness of God who we are when we trust in Christ Joseph is told that those who were after Jesus are dead and to go into the land of Israel. So Joseph was obedient to that as well. Well, hang on, let's go back here. Sorry, I'm just second guessing my teaching, guys. I'm just, I, I want to be careful about what I'm teaching, so. <clears throat> go to the land of Israel. So he is told to go to Israel. But then in verse 22, it says that he was afraid. So maybe in verse 23, Joseph didn't obey. I don't know if I'm reading the text right. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for me guys. Uh, I'm going to try and get some understanding, more understanding on this in, in some alone time. So sorry, I just got, I got mixed up a little bit there. I'm not, not perfect, right? I like to I like to keep my my notes as best I can and teach what's right, but I'll have to look into that another time. But I think I, I still think the point I'm trying to make, I can apply it. Um so let me see where I left off. Um We see Joseph be obedient to what looks like to be, but I'm gonna come back to it, you know, Lord willing, in the next week and try to try to look into it. To be obedient to three out of the four callings from God. But we don't know how many days 
all of it was. We don't, we don't know the time span. But what do we know? That Joseph was obedient to the callings of God. He wasn't afraid if he, if he, was, if he was being used enough by God. The scripture, there's no verses in here that say that, right? He was just obedient to when God gave him a command. Beloved, this is my encouragement to you. Have you been in a season of a mundane season or you're in a really busy season and things um, and you've received small words from God that you've been obedient to? They've just been little bit, just little bits and pieces. I've Beloved, I've been there. I really have. And I've seen God's providence. Providences in ways where I, 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 I can't do anything and I, have to, I just have to wait on God. These little acts of obedience. Let me encourage you with this. Keep going. Keep being obedient. He is ordering your steps. Trust in him through that. And don't compare your callings to someone else. God gives people different gifts to equip people differently. So my question for you guys listening on Spotify, if you'd like to answer, I can share it next week. Lord willing, um, simply my question is, what did you take away from today's episode? Anything you learned? Anything that stuck out to you? And then my poll is, has God been giving you promises to wait for? And it could be a, you know, it could come through a dream or like an actual, you hear from God, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been there. I've experienced that. Um, and then if you want to answer this through email and you want to, you want to email, uh, email me your answers, I would love to, I would love to, love to share that. You can, you can say, Hey, my name is da da da. And so let's close in prayer. (sighs) Father, thank you for, um, just another episode to get into your word. Oh, how we love your word, Lord. I just pray that you would meet people where they're at, Lord, wherever they're at. Touch their hearts and reveal your son. Renew their minds through your word, Lord. Show us our joy in your son, Father. Reveal your son that we would glory in him, that we would boast in him. Thank you for the eternal comfort that we have. That there's a new world that's coming and that we can put our hope in that. That there'll be a new world that you bring, Lord, by your power. Pray that you would use us how you want. And that we would stand strong in boldness of the Holy Spirit. And I do just pray for living understanding through your word, um, that you would give us incredible insights, Lord. You would just please like download things, Lord. Grow our hunger for your word. 
In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, next week, Lord willing, we'll be <clears throat> diving into Matthew chapter 3. Um, I am still in the process of figuring out some stuff with my new job. If you guys heard me talk a little bit about that last week. Um, still trying to figure things out with school. There's this placement test I'm supposed to be taking, and uh, it's just waiting on a few things for that. So, um, still been working out. Uh, just getting into the Word a lot. Uh Definitely, uh, some of you guys have heard me about my trials with my dad. Uh, something happened pretty tragic yesterday, and the Lord is given. I'm just, I'm so grateful God's continued to give me wisdom in this battle I've been in for a long time. Um, just, I just really ask for your prayers for my dad. Um, I just, I don't want to slander. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's all I need to say to give you some kind of a glimpse of what I would ask your prayers for. Uh, my friend Alec is going through a tough season. I've been trying to mention him on my podcast as much as I can. Please just pray for him. Uh, he's going through just a really rough season. Um, and I'm, I've continued to pray for him. Um, pray for my friend Trey, the guy I mentioned, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, last week. Um, pray for my date on Saturday. I'd really appreciate that. I'm, I'm really... To be to be completely honest, there have been some prayers that I've that I've prayed that have just been like a like a please God, but after I've had the words barely come out of my mouth, but let your will be done. <laughs> and it's super hard. But um Yeah, and let me just encourage you guys with this one last thing. With the things that Bella and I have talked about, the things that she has said, before we start talking on the phone and even texting a little bit more, there have been things that she has said that has shown me the fears that I've had ever since I started talking with her were in vain, complete vain. And so I just encourage you, as much as there's a moment where you can get really anxious about something, you don't know you the one thing that's been helping me to not be anxious about things is like I don't know it I don't actually know that's gonna happen I don't know that's gonna happen I don't know what's gonna happen but I know who does and that's that's my God my Abba the one who saved me from my sins so I just really like to encourage you with that guys Beloved, thank you so much for listening to today's episode on Movius Ministries as we talked about Matthew chapter 2. We did an awesome, great study. This is your friend, Josiah. God loves you. <laughs>